I'm Gab, he's Rob. Uh, gray, horrid skies over West London, but it's okay because Rob Palmer is here to brighten up the day. Thanks, Rob, for coming on board and filling in for Jules. Uh, tons of stuff coming up uh, on, on the show because we've got transfers. It's a week to go against uh, until deadline day. Uh, we're going to get into all that, talk a bit of Bernardo Silva, talk a little of Kylian Mbappe, talk a lot of Saudi because, hey, uh, that's the uh, vibe of the times. But, Rob, let's start with Manchester United. What's happening there? Uh, well, you can never talk enough United. Um, <laughs> Where do you start? Inside, outside? Well, I'm thinking of this, right? So it's two, two games into the season, mm-hmm. one win, one defeat. Um, obviously, it's a better start than last year. So you give him that. But poor Eric, he's got a ton on his plate. Yeah, I think he actually goes to work and goes to the training ground, doesn't he, to get away from uh, some of the issues of managing Manchester United. And, you know, you manage and you coach. Coaching-wise, he's probably not doing a bad job there. As you say, it's, it's a better start than last year when they lost both games. He's building a house. They've started the foundations there. If you think back a year ago, he had David De Gea there. He still had Ronaldo there. He had Harry Maguire. He had Fred. Um, still Mason, has Harry yeah, Maguire. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But those conundrums he's got rid of. He's now got players that in that he wanted in and he's starting to form a team in his own image. And I've got a lot of Spurs mates and they think they've already won the league because they beat Manchester United last week. Man United think they're in crisis because they lost against Spurs. But if you look at the, look at the highlights of the game last week and look at it in highlight form, United weren't great, but they weren't actually that bad. If Rashford could have finished, then they could easily have won the game. So it came down to fine margins. So on the field, it's not that bad. But, you know, we'll talk about the players that they're recruiting and their transfer policy and things like that. But Sir Alex Ferguson used to tell me when I interviewed him that he only shopped at Harrods. And now they're kind of shopping at some Dutch department store, aren't they? <laughs> it does feel like that uh, a little way, uh, uh, a little bit. Um the other big issue, of course, is Mason Greenwood. Now, uh, Richard Arnold, who doesn't speak very often, but I don't think I've ever heard him speak, other than, of course, uh, that time those United fans ambushed him at his house and he decided to take them to the pub and they all uh, and they secretly filmed him. Um, he released a statement explaining the club's position. Now, like, I think this is very much a lose-lose for him, but there are ways that maybe he could have handled things a little bit better and He's been criticized from all sides, but essentially the case against Mason Greenwood, there was an investigation mm-hmm. and it was dropped. You can go and Google the uh, the details, but essentially it was dropped. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to safely go around and say this. Yep. Because despite the evidence that was Im- immediately disseminated in social media, some of the people who would have needed to have testified against him mm-hmm. um, decided not to do so. Indeed. You, right? need a, you need a witness. You need you need witness. You need people. Mm-hmm. And also, United conducted an internal inquiry to try to establish their own facts. But it may surprise some people. United aren't the police. They can't compel people to give them evidence. Everything has to be voluntary. Mm-hmm. So clearly, if I'm somebody who might have testified against Mason Greenwood, and I decided not to go and tell the courts or the the the, the, the police, sure as hell I'm not going to go and tell Richard Arnold, right? We exactly. Can yeah, yeah. Exactly. Make some of those assumptions. Yeah, and exactly. I think you know the the, the defense of, of a Mason is to say what happened next didn't happen next, and that is legally the why the, the court case hasn't been. And mm-hmm. the, United, the United can go off is what they have seen, and then the rest would be hearsay, which you can't take in. So yeah, it becomes an HR thing with an employee. So the difficult thing that, that that's here is because he was never prosecuted, the mm-hmm. facts never established in a court of law. Yep. 
he can't say that he was not guilty. Yep. Um, maybe he shouldn't be saying that he was cleared, like he did in a statement, either from a purely legal perspective, yes. right? Yeah. Um, but the facts are all out there. Mm -hmm. the, the the stuff that went out there on social media is out there. And the first thing that, that strikes me, I mean, United have said that the, I think you were very precise with the wording, that he's not going to recommence his career at Old Trafford, mm -hmm. which suggests to people that he's going to be moved on, yep. also because he's got two years left on his contract with an option with a for a third. potential third, yeah. But I'm wondering, is he too toxic? For a club in England? I, I think so. I mean, you know, the, the, the statement says all those involved, including Mason, so they obviously brought him in and done the HR thing, recognised the, the difficulties with him, which is a bit of an understatement, uh, recommencing his career at Manchester United. It's therefore been mutually agreed. So again, they've sat down with him and said, look, mate, you can't play here anymore. It's, it, it is going to be toxic wherever you go. Uh, the most appropriate for him is to play his football away from Old Trafford. People immediately said, oh, look, he'll go to Saudi Arabia. But he doesn't fit, I think, the profile at all. No. Even just because he hasn't played in so long. Yeah. And I don't, Saudi already have, I don't, I don't think Saudi are, are that concerned. Saudi's all about image, isn't it? Saudi are bringing players in its image. You're seeing these beautiful pictures and Ronaldo right. and we're signing players and it's a very shiny, that's what they're trying, you know, people say it's sports washing, but what they're trying to do is, is create an image in Saudi. And I don't think with respect, signing a player like this is going to do the image of Saudi Arabian football. He, then United have been very big as well on, you know, the human element. This guy has erred, whether he's seen the error of his ways, potentially, he's come out with this statement, has just fallen short of an apology, said that he's made mistakes mistakes he's also got a partner he's just had a child so you're now talking about taking a young man who's only ever lived in in the north of england in yorkshire and in manchester as well with himself his partner his child and saying okay we're going to loan you off over here he has a say as well in where he goes next in his career and that's what they're saying you know they recognize the difficulties and he he will be rec recommencing his career away from manchester united so he has a say in it as well. They can't just say we're going to send you to, you know, Australia, New Zealand. He, he can say, well, no, you know, I've got a young child and a wife, and they want to be with the grandchildren. And you know, I've seen there. And I, I'm, so in, it is a very complex situation. Yeah, I, I don't see an out here, frankly. The window closes mm -hmm. in September, I, and that I, is why they've released it this week because they they want ideally they want should have been before the window closes. I will bet. I'm willing to make a bet. Go on then. That this ends with United cancelling his contract at some point. Dear. I, I, I Can you I see anywhere the way you think he may go? Is there a country or a league in the world that you think would take him on? A lot of players sometimes go to Turkey. He wouldn't understand the chance in Turkey. There are Turkish clubs that take a lot of these so-called rejects from the English Premier League. So Turkey would be the, the obvious situation, mm -hmm. I, I think, in many ways. But again, for the reasons you outlined, mm -hmm. what... Benefit would there's it talk, be. I mean, you know better than me. Italian clubs. There's talk of one or two Italian clubs being linked with it. What would the Italian mentality be taking on Mason Green? I think. I think it would be. I, th I think it would be tough. I think it would be tough image-wise. And again, there, there's an issue. There's an issue of wages. Mm -hmm. Like, why would I pay four million pounds a year to somebody who hasn't kicked the ball in eighteen months? Mm -hmm. Right. How long will it take him to get back? He also didn't train for a big chunk of time as well. Right. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So I. A lot of questions. There's questions. Take it back on the pitch now. Okay. 
Oh, wait, quick detour off the pitch to remind you that the Rain Group are still being paid on retainer to entertain offers that, um, that, <laughs> that the Qatari guy and Sir Jim Ratcliffe are still acting as if they're going to buy the club, that there's other people who are still winning. Just, just, just this reminder, because these stories, that they haven't gone away, the club is still for sale. Yeah. And they kind of crop up every week, don't they? It's still there, but nobody quite yeah. oh, Remember all those deadlines that passed? I just does my head in the breathless reporting. Oh, the deadline, the Qataris have said. Hey, guess what? All the deadlines have passed. They still own the club. The club's still for sale. All right, whatever. That's that's in the background. But if you come up with six billion, you can sign Manchester United. It's still for sale. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll cancel that bet. I'll put the 5p towards the Palmer Marcotti fund to buy Manchester United. <laughs> Would you buy United? Um, if we could afford it? If I was a multi-billionaire, yeah, of course anybody would because it's a cash cow. All right. Anybody that put, you know, I've got a nicer, I've got a pension, I've got a savings plan, anybody that has that. And that is what it is for the, for the American guys. They, they put it in there and they put a few bob in there and borrowed a bit and put it in. Exactly. And, and, and it's grown, it's grown, and it's grown. Anybody who, would. Who would you rather have, United fans? Like Rob Palmer? Former goalkeeper Rob Palmer? <laughs> uh, a lifetime reporting on football, knows the game? Mm-hmm. Or weirdo Sir Jim, Jim Ratcliffe? I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. No disrespect, Sir Jim. You've done a great job at Nice. All right. Um, on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing. There's movement between the sticks. Yep. There's movement in defense. Yep. And there's movement in midfield. There's no movement in attack, mm-hmm. which is weird because I would have thought this is actually where the movement should be. But let's quickly go through those areas of the pitch. Ingle, um, reportedly Altai Bindir, who is a 25-year-old uh, goalkeeper at Fenerbahce, had some injury concerns last year. He's undergone a medical. We're talking about a $7 million deal. Uh, I'm assuming, given that he's 25 and not 18, uh-huh. they're thinking, this is number two, Dean Henderson, move on. Mm-hmm. Problem is, as far as we know, the clubs that really wanted Dean Henderson were um, not enforced. Yep. And that ship has sailed, right? Yeah. Because they got Matt Turner. I'm assuming, yeah. unless they really want to troll. Unless they do an Arsenal and have two top-class goalkeepers, yeah? Uh, not just top-class <laughs> goalkeepers, but Dean Henderson and Matt Turner as well. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was mean. That was mean. Um, <laughs> the goalkeepers' union will be having a word with you later. Okay, on. but you were a goalkeeper. It makes I, I'm no still a s- member of the union. There yeah. you go. It makes yeah. no sense yeah. having two guys who think that they should be number no, one. You right? always have the number one and some guy that is a, a almost a number one. If He is this guy they're signing. We had to Google him. He's a Turkish international. He's played top level football he's 25 he's seven million pounds a euros which whichever kind of domination you, you domination you work with he's raymond van der Howe. he's roy carroll from a previous age he's the guy that will come in for the the, the carabao cup the fa cup which i think makes yeah. sense i mean yeah. to me the yeah. formula and if you is... buy him for seven and, and sell henderson for double that then financial fair play they're balancing right. the scales henderson we were actually thinking 30 million uh, yeah. earlier in the summer because he has, I think he has two years left on his deal. Yeah. I'm sure there's the option deal, which always seems to be there. Yeah, exactly, United. Yeah. But the guy legitimately, I mean, the, the guy was an England keeper, right? He's a very, I think he's a very good and goalkeeper. And probably will be again. So what's holding up a move? He's been linked with Palace as well. Is that the most likely destination? What? I guess it's for him. He's got a few days till the transfer deadline closes, hasn't he? He wants his next best destination because that is going to be the club that he's probably going to be at for the next five years. He's going to get a five-year contract. Does he go to Forest? Chances are they get relegated. They've signed somebody else. Does he go to Crystal Palace? Well, not bad. Roy Hodgson, they're you know, always going to be mid-table. He's going to be a goalkeeper at a <laughs> mid-table optimistic. team. Yeah, well, in the, you know, the ideal world. But they, they could be. That's where they currently stand. Uh, and then he, he's a, a mid-table goalkeeper hoping that he's going to get in the England team. Jordan Pickford is the England goalkeeper. He's 
playing at a team that are probably going to get relegated this year. So it's in the court of the player. For United, they're getting, I don't know what he's on, but I would imagine he's on a, 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 a salary that is a lot bigger than buying who they're bringing in. And they're going to make cash by getting rid of him and bringing the guy in from Turkey as well. So I think it's in his court to see what's out there. He doesn't want to be United's reserve goalkeeper of the rest of the season. He wants to be going, playing and uh, impressing the England manager. I'm just surprised he hasn't pushed for a move more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if United screwed this up a little bit by not making clear to him earlier because obviously the whole situation with De Gea and the pay cut yeah. and Onana, it's not like Onana came you know, early in the window, he yeah. came later. I think at this stage, it's best for everybody if he moves. United gets some cash in and yeah. it's better, um, I think, for his career. Now, the risk of repeating myself, all of this applies okay. to Harry Maguire as well. Yep. I've spoken endlessly about this. You know my views. We cannot raise professional athletes and again, you can speak to this too. Uh, tell them, oh, believe in yourself, try hard, blah, blah, blah. You can change a coach's mind, blah, 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 right? We cannot go drill this in them mm-hmm. their entire lives and when they're children, especially somebody like McGuire who's overcome adversity before in his career and won it and won, yeah. and then expect them to just say, oh, look, I'm rubbish. Lisandro Martinez, especially when the people ahead of them, again, I go back to this, yeah. are Lisandro, who's three feet tall, Right, very good, but whatever. I mean, I'm thinking like Maguire, right? Yep. Varane, who's made of glass. Lindelof, who's Lindelof. And he's like, this is my competition. Are yep. you really telling me, me, the England captain, that I cannot convince you, Eric, Coach Eric, that I, I can't win your trust again? Do you think there's a player in there with Maguire? Do you think if he goes elsewhere, he's just not cursed at Manchester United? It seems when he puts on that red shirt, he plays well for 90% of the game, doesn't he? And then there's that 10%. And we, we did a game recently on ESPN, did the Bill Bar. He, he, was, he was a 9 out of 10, and then he makes one, makes one crazy error. And it's almost like he's got this little kind of mental scar I, in his mind when he pulls that United shirt on. I, I don't know, but they were hoping to raise some money and get his wages off the yep. books. Now it's tough. I would expect something to happen between now and the end of the window. But equally, Harry Maguire has a right to stand his ground because Absolutely. that's how he's been conditioned. And I think United you know, have to accept that. And they've been through it before with Phil Jones. I'm not saying yep. Maguire's in Phil yep. Jones territory. He's yep. not. Yep. But, you know, that's, that's where we are, right? Yeah, the, the ball is in his court. It's player power these days. He's an England international. He's on big money. He, he, he is a he's a top six player. If, if he was leaving United, he should be going to the, one of these perceived top six clubs. Doesn't seem that any of them are coming in from. Somebody joked to me the other day that or oh, Liverpool have made a bid, but you know it's only to catch Chelsea out. Harry Maguire would do a decent job at Liverpool if he could just get rid of this kind of mental obstacle that he's at Manchester United. I don't think he'll play for United again. But he he, want, he needs to be in that top six, top eight of the Premier League. Not going to Everton, not going to Crystal Palace. Don't think he wants to go abroad. Why would he go abroad when he's got his family and a, a you know a house and a beautiful house and he's carved a career over here? You've been to his house, have you? Beautiful. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a past it. You don't get anywhere close <laughs> to, to the house. <laughs> I did when he was at Hull, actually. Yeah, but uh, yeah. certainly not when he's at Manchester United. If he does move on, yeah. Jean Claire Todibo's been mentioned uh, from me. He's a guy who you know went through kind of the familiar. Um, arc of hugely rated youngster some difficult times now it's turned into a very good i i i think a very very solid professional um is it obvious that if mcguire goes they have to bring in another defender or can you get by with shaw's your emergency left-sided center back and the other three guys well they they probably could at the moment we got lindelof still there isn't he you know you've got lisandro um 
Shaw had to play last year when they had a crisis. I think they need somebody that is going to be a step above those guys, or at least on on the same level. Rather than somebody that's going to be coming yeah. in and, and a deputy for them. I, you know, I said before. United used to go shopping at Harris. They used to go shopping for the best central defender out there in the world. And they're not doing that now. They're trying to get somebody, as you say, somebody a little bit younger with a little bit of value in there that they think they can bring in and maybe steal for 40, 50, 60 million. That seems to be their kind of price range at the moment. Yeah. But yes, I think they need they need somebody in that department, central midfield as well. And I, I actually think they need a goal getter as well. All right, well, we'll get to those two because these are my, the, my, my next two topics that I have here. <laughs> Mason like I read Mount, your mind. <laughs> Mason Mount is out for six weeks, yeah. which obviously doesn't help, but equally, you know, he's there to be the Ericsson 2.0 and you still have Ericsson 1.0 kicking about. So you go with Ericsson there. I don't think that that is a massive thing. Obviously, Mount's had a really rocky start. I personally feel that I thought they were short on midfielders last season in terms of central runaround type midfielders rather than mm -hmm. quality guys. And last, and now they're one man down because Fred is gone, right? Mm -hmm. I hear about how wonderful Cobby is and he's ready to step in. Well, until I see the guy play regularly, I can't answer that. All I see now is Fred is gone and it's Casemiro who, you know, he's north of 30. He's not yeah. going to be phenomenal yeah. every game. And McTominay, who's had his injury concerns and who some people simply don't think is good enough to start for United. Sure. They need something. They've been linked with Amrabat. They've been linked so much with Amrabat that I kind of feel like, who Fiorentina, by the way, have said he's training on his own in case there's a possible move or whatever. Um, surely they've got to be, surely this is, this is even more of a priority. Than center back, you right? would think if you're going back a decade or two decades ago, United would be looking out there for the best midfielder that they think money could buy, that they could prize out of another club at the moment. They should have been. They should have been looking at Bellingham. They should have been signing Bellingham. They should have been signing Rice. In the Alex Ferguson era, they would have gone for that player. They used to can pick a player every year, be Dwight York one year, Roy Keane another year, Cole another year, Sheringham, Ferdinand. Who was the best player out there that we could get? And that was the old man. Well, Sheringham was a thousand years old when he joined them. I don't think that's the best example, right? But he was doing well. Yeah, no, he was at the top true. of his game yeah, at the time. Say, yeah. And they managed to squeeze a few years out of him yeah, as well. I think they, say, they might have wanted trouble with him could, too. Yeah, you could liken him to Harry Kane now, yeah, though, couldn't you? Course, yeah. Harry Kane's in the autumn years of his career. And you would, again, United should be signing him. But this is modern football and they can't do it. But you've seen Amrabat. Is Amrabat a top six English Premier League player? You've seen a lot more of him than me. Most of them saw him do a brilliant job in, in the World Cup from, from Morocco and he stood out there but is he good enough for that top level to, to take Manchester United to the next level or is he just another body? He's another body but he's another yeah. body that they need he's a body who's going to work hard is Amrabat going to come and turn into you know a, a Roy Keane Brian Robson cocktail no a game changer yeah. Casemiro will still be the starter in the way he wants to play he likes having a more attacking guy like, like Mount alongside him that's yeah. fine but it's a long season that United, they're in the Champions League, they, they've got a lot of competitions. Casemiro's not getting any younger. And otherwise, you're just stuck with McTominay, who gets injured too, and then what? Yeah. So for me... And McTominay feels unloved as well, doesn't he? He's not getting games. He knows he's just making up the team picture at the start I mean, of the season. I, I, unless they know something about Kobe that we don't. And again, he's supposed to be very, very exciting. But he needs to be fit. He needs to be playing, I think, for, for you to make that assessment. So I would expect movement there in central midfield. may not be Amramat, maybe somebody else. Mm -hmm. Up front is the one which has left me absolutely befuddled, okay? Because I don't think Anthony Mar uh, sorry, Anthony Martial, yeah, I'll get to him too. 
I don't think Marcus, constant. He's always yeah. there. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't think Marcus Rashford should be playing center forward for Manchester no. United. I don't think it's his best position. I don't think it's where you get the best out of him. It feels like right now, mm-hmm. he's like, well, I've got, you know, Garnacho, I've got Sancho. I've got other options on the left. I don't have other options up front. Let me play Rashford there. But if you're going to build towards something, you want Rashford in the position where he's best, which is cutting in from the left-hand side. In terms of strikers, they have Hoyland. We haven't seen him yet. But even if he'd been fit, this guy's 20 years old. And people have drawn comparisons to Erling Haaland. The difference is Haaland had several seasons at a very high level Mm -hmm. before uh, coming to Manchester City. Mm -hmm. Hoyland does not. He's got one year at Atalanta where I think he made 20 Serie A starts before that. He was in Austria. It's just not the same thing. Yes, I know Holland was in Austria as well, but Holland yeah. was also playing in the Champions League. Um, for me, it's a no-brainer. I, I would have thought you bring in, not Valt Weghorst, but a Valt Weghorst type. A veteran striker, maybe even on loan. There's no shame in taking players on loan. A guy who can be there, eat up minutes, who... Uh, who, you know, Rashford and, and, and Anthony can play off and Bruno and whatever, no fuss, no mas, get you some goals, take some minutes, take some of that pressure off of Hoyland. And I think you could do that relatively cheaply if, if it's a loan. There's no indication see, that that's going to happen. That's modern day Manchester United. I mean, I, I, I don't want Manchester United in the 90s, in, in, in the 2000s as well. I used to, have, to be able to sit down with Alex Ferguson once a month and do an interview with him for Granada Television, and that became the, the official United. They went shopping for the best player. Manchester United of old would have been looking last March, April, and going, Vinnie Jr. is having a problem at Real Madrid. He's not happy there. Maybe we could get in there and have a word with his agent. And maybe we could... That's the kind of player they want. They want to be looking someone like Vinicius Junior. Who's the best that might be attainable? That's not entirely happy in his surroundings. Yeah. And you're talking about getting a, you know, a, another Wout Weghorst. And, 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 you know, or, or somebody that, you know, has got similarities in his lifestyle patterns to the guy that's playing at Manchester City. I, I don't know much about Hoyle. Like, you see, again, he's a YouTube player. You see him on there. He scores goals. He looks the part. He's a lovely lad. But is he somebody that's going to come in at the age of 20 and turn Manchester United's season around? You're right, they need somebody ahead of him, somebody at the peak of his powers, an Oshman or somebody like that that's going to come in and score lots of goals. Again, every indication is that that ship has sailed. So I think you still need to put out a competitive team. You have to finish top four, continue the forward progress for yep. uh, Eric Ten Hag, which, you know, there's a school of thought that says, and look, last year they finished top four with Veghorst, yep. right? Yeah. So yeah. the rest of the team isn't that bad. Eric yeah, Ten Hag yeah. isn't that you know, awful, right? Oh, no. So I think that's a, that's really important. I expect, I mean, logic's big kick movement there, but United haven't really followed logic, certainly not my logic in, <laughs> in recent years. So we'll see where logic, they are. Yeah. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, enough United. How about some quick hits instead? This is where I say, let's go, Gab. I'm going to go, vamos, Gabriel. Very good. Very nicely done. Bernardo Silva has extended his contract at Manchester City through 2026. And having signed Jeremy Doku, City are now pursuing one of Wolves' Mateus Nunez and Crystal Palace's Eberichieze, both in the 50 million plus range. 
Rob, who's a better fit? 50 million, having seen them both in my own eyes. I'd go for Matias Nunes. I think he's the more complete player. He's the one that could come into the team. He's going to be a squad player, somebody that's on the fringes. I think Eze is somebody that needs to be developed and he's still a bit of a raw diamond as well. So if I was investing 50 million myself, I think I'd go for Nunes of the yeah. two of them. Nunes is far more versatile as well as I see it. Absolutely. And he's an international class player. Uh, speaking of Doku, Gab, you, you're a big fan. What do you know of him? I, I'm a really big fan because I find him to be an extremely exciting uh, electric player. Um, you know, he is he's, he's a winger who takes people on and beats people and he's fast and he makes things happen. Uh, he does not seem to be. It's weird because he does not seem to be an obvious fit for a pep team in that he he's doesn't not consistent, always, is he? He's inconsistent. He doesn't always do the work off the uh, off the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, but then he's only 21. And we've seen Pep loving the idea of working with players. I think there's a bit of the Leroy Sané, early Leroy Sané in there. And you know that was very up and down with him at City. Yep. That said, you know, he's there to fill the Mares role, I, I think. And when you look at players who can do that at, at City, you know, Jack Grealish also takes people on, but he does it kind of like more at a trundle than mm -hmm. at an acceleration. He's a speedster, isn't he? This guy is a burner. He's an absolute speedster. So it makes sense. It's, it's a long-term project. We keep talking about this in every show, but uh, now we're, we're assured by Fabrizio Romano that it's actually going to happen. Jean Cancelo to Barcelona on loan. Your take, Rob? I'm going to be controversial here. I saw Cancelo in his early days when he was at Valencia, when Gary Neville, believe it or not, was playing him on the left wing. Um, he's a guy that still... He, he fails to convince me. I know you're a big fan of his, actually, but he, 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 for me, he never has a good run. He always seems to have an issue with the management of the team or looking at the next move. Yep, Barcelona need a right a right back. You don't play right back at, at Barcelona Football Club. You're a right-sided attacking guy that on the team sheet, you're, you're on the right back. They need a Dani Alves. And yet, on, on a good day, he, he, he fits with Barcelona. I'm not personally sure that he's the man to go to Barcelona Football Club and be the answer. But then again, I don't know who there is out there. You know, they've got rid of Dest. They've tried various people at right back that are not a fit there at the moment. So yeah, on the face of things, Cancelo is a right back that's good enough for that. I'm not sure that he is the long-term answer there. Go three at the back and play Lamina Mal, I say. But no, look, uh, that guy can do anything. Uh, the, my one concern here is you're going from having a centre-back as your right Kunde, back yeah. to essentially having a winger as your right back. Yeah. And what does it also mean for Balde on the other side? Because we saw him play even at the weekend. We saw him play so far, so high up the pitch. He's really good at that. You can't play two guys that high up the pitch. No, I, can you in the modern game? I don't think so. I don't think, I think but, you're right. Um, and Cancelo is, is, is a little bit wild, isn't he? He goes flying down that right-hand side. Balde might be the answer. They've been playing Balde on the right-hand side as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah, in answer to your question, I'm not sure Cancelo is the answer. Uh, Gazzetta della Sport report Mancini is set to be unveiled as Saudi Arabia's new manager in the next week. Uh, is this something that was supposed to happen, Gap? No, it was not supposed to happen. It was rumoured after his shock resignation where he was unhappy with the FA, support, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and people said to him, oh, no, of course not. It's not Saudi. You know, the so now, apparently, and again, it's un unconfirmed, Gazetta, but normally they were, it's a front page. They went very hard on this. He's going to uh, go and going to manage a Saudi national team <laughs> with games coming up this weekend, uh, getting paid 30-odd million a year, supposedly. Um, I don't think this is a good look for Mancini at all. Uh, I appreciate everybody's a right to go and make a lot of money and so on, but when you've said the things you've done, when you've shown the commitment to the Italian FA, when the Italian FA showed their commitment to you, even after missing out on World Cup qualification, this feels like a money grab and nothing more from a guy who already has a ton of money. 
I'm going to play devil's advocate. Were they not a decent team in the last World Cup? Though? Did they not surprise people? And they've got players coming in to teach them the game in Saudi Arabia as well. Maybe they're an emerging nation. Maybe they are, but you know, if that's what you do, then come out and I'll say I'm just playing devil's you know. advocate. Right. I don't actually believe what I say. <laughs> this is way back on Monday, but Arsenal won away to Crystal Palace 1-0, thanks to a Martin Udegaard uh, penalty. Rob, according to reports, now the last few days are all about them trying to raise some cash to offset their earlier spending. Suggestions are going to shift Balogun, which seems pretty obvious, mm-hmm. but also Gabriel. Uh, does this seem wise to you? Uh, Balogun, yes, because the transfer window is looming and players' uh, values are rising as we get close to the transfer deadline day. So if they can get £50 million for him now, they're probably going to do that, probably less so when it gets to January. It's clearly not part of the bigger plan, doesn't quite fit in with what Arteta has got there. So, yeah, they're going to cash in. Gabriel, they know what they're doing internally. Ooh, a lot of face there. <laughs> uh, well, Bayern are close to confirming the signing of Daniel Peretz from Maccabi Tel Aviv Gap. Is he the answer for Bayern Munich? He's got big problems between the sticks. Well, he's 23. He's going to cost him about $5 million. He has just one single cap. Uh, this doesn't seem to make fit what they said they were going to do, which is get an established Champions League caliber goalkeeper, but then also somebody who's going to be happy to step aside when Manuel Neuer returns. Uh, and he can get somebody like that because something like that doesn't exist. So instead, they went for a youngster they hope they can develop. Uh, it suggests, unless they bring somebody else in, in, in the final hours of the window, it suggests they're going in a totally different direction. I don't know. Good luck to Parrots. Excited to see him play. Decent One Israeli cap. Decent keeper, you know. You've seen him? Right? Yeah, yeah. I did a yeah. couple of the Israel games. And he's You're the goalkeeper. You yep. know. He's not bad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't have too much of a good thing, can you, Rob? Uh, so here's more quick hits. Mm-hmm. Liverpool have reportedly had a $30 million bid uh, for Fluminense's holding midfielder Andre turned down. Rob, they picked up Endo. They still have Thiago Alcantara somewhere when he's not injured. Uh, Stefan Bajatic is returning to training soon. Do you do they really need more depth here? I was going to say they've got a massive midfielders, haven't they? You know, you've got Curtis Jones as well. You've got Harvey Elliott. There are loads for that defensive exactly. midfield. Exactly, they specialist. need a little bit of ballast, don't they? And I'm guessing that's what they think Andre is going to bring them as well. They've they, they've signed the guy that, that Jurgen Klopp described as good in Endo. He didn't exactly go over the top. What's he like? Yeah, he is good. He is good. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he turned down Liverpool Football Club to stay with Fluminense. Not quite sure about that. Spanish FA president Luis Rubiales. He's been in the news a lot, but he's apologised for his behaviour following Spain's victory at the Women's World Cup final. But Gab, he is not out of the woods just yet, is he? No, not at all. Uh, There's a big meeting of, uh, there's an emergency meeting of the uh, Spanish FA to decide his uh, future on Friday. Just remind ourselves Mm -hmm. uh, about what this man did, among other things. There are other things, but the the main thing for me uh, was he's up on the stand and he grabs Jenny Hermoso, puts his, his hands around her face, and he gives her a big kiss on the lips, uh, which he, I don't know, he thinks is hilarious, it's appropriate. It's not appropriate. It's really, really not appropriate. And then he kind of like to try to, to laugh it off initially, and there was such an outcry about it. Jenny Hermoso, 
said, well, you know, I didn't really enjoy it. She didn't come out and make a huge deal out of it. But obviously now, rightly so, I think the, the players union have filed a complaint against him. Uh, so have others. He also, this kind of went under the radar because I guess after Emmy Martinez, it's become normal. But he like jumped around grabbing his crotch. Um, you know what? Emmy Martinez, you're a young man. You're a professional athlete. You're a goalkeeper. Okay, right? Rubiales, you're vice president of UEFA. You represent an institution. Don't jump around grabbing your crotch. It's not clear what's going to happen, whether they, they, they could actually essentially remove him, mm -hmm. um, the Spanish FA on Friday. Uh, even if they don't remove him, um, there's a higher uh, there's a higher committee that answers to the Ministry of Sports. They could remove him. They could file charges against him if the Spanish FA don't act. Uh, there's also a suggestion that he's working out some kind of deal where he agrees a voluntary suspension for six months. I think we've gone too far at this point. How do you apologize straight away? Maybe, mm -hmm. but he didn't. And for me, it's hard to see him sticking No around. apologies enough for you? No apology? I, for me, no. I, I, I think it's gone too far. You've, you've got, you know, and there's enough people incidentally in Spain, starting with Javier Tebas, the head of the league, who really don't like this guy. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Gabri Vega to Napoli looked all done, but he's moving to Al-Akhli in the Saudi Pro League. Rob, uh, you've seen a lot of him. It's fair to say to me, at least, what strikes me about this, He's the first kind of up-and-coming superstar to choose Saudi. The others that we've had have generally been, you know, people at the end of their career or established pros, Ruben Neves, Milinkovic, Savic, Firmino, people like that, right? Mm -hmm. This is kind of different. Go back to questions. He's the player I think Liverpool should have signed. So a lot of him last year, big lad, physical. Um, he's, I think he scored a dozen goals from midfield for Celta de Vigo, who are bottom third of the Spanish table. He's a potential Spain international. He was linked with Real Madrid. Napoli seemed the perfect kind of move. Napoli and, and Dortmund in Germany signed these players and then they go to the next level. I thought he'd go somewhere like that, not to Saudi Arabia. Maybe players make the money at the end of the career. He seems to be have an agent that, that yeah. wants him to make his money at the beginning it, of his career. So this is the biggest surprise of the week. Al-Akhli, by the way, seemed a bit different from the other Saudi super clubs in the sense they have an up-and-coming manager as well. And, and Matthias Jaisler, of course, uh, uh, previously uh, at, at Salzburg, they seem to be going for these younger players with an Upside, a different approach. Let's just yeah, put it. Well, they way. say they're going to be the best league in in four years' time, and with this guy, he mm -hmm. could be one of the best midfield players in the world in four years' time. Paris Saint Germain have stepped up their pursuit of Eintracht's Randall Kola Muwani gap. What are the implications here? So I find this really interesting. Jules touched upon it as well. I, I don't know if they're doing it because oh look, he's French, he's young. Let's go for him. Guys, you just spend a ton of money on a center forward, on a young center forward. His name is Gonzalo Ramos. Mm -hmm. Now, can Colomani play wide? Uh, sure, he can play wide, but you've just signed uh, Usman Dembele, and Kylian Mbappe supposedly is sticking around as well. So, wait, four into three don't really go, even in Luis Enrique's wonder team machinations. I'm just wondering if you are going to commit enormous funds to Colomani. Is the possibility of Mbappe moving on still on? Despite what Real Madrid what you, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I hear what you say. I hear what you I, say. How much possible money can you commit to a fourth? Four this is Paris Saint-Germain. They don't care. Well, seems the that Chelsea way. of France. <laughs>
Um, and also, if he comes, of course, it means Akitike is going to move on, possibly to Milan. Uh, let's go there, Rob. It looks like Lucas Paqueta is in a whole lot of trouble. It's not just a booking from last season. He's being investigated by the FA for three other bookings, including one on opening day. There's also parliamentary inquiry uh, back in Brazil. He and Luis Enrique from Betis, of course, together with uh, um, seven other players, have been summoned to testify uh, in front of this this parliamentary committee. And they can say no, but if they say no, it's voluntary, they can then be subpoenaed. This is growing. It is, and again, we have to be careful. You know, there are kind of legal landmines everywhere we go in this show at the moment, aren't they? Uh, Paqueta and uh, Enrique, is, uh, the way he likes to be to say his name, were, were both booked on the same day. And, uh, and I didn't know he was booked on the opening day as well. But let's face it, in the current circumstances in, in the English Premier League, you're very lucky if you don't get booked, because you get booked for just kind of winking in the wrong direction <laughs> at the referee. So uh, Milan opened their season with a 2-0 win over Bologna, and Christian Pulisic scored a sensational goal, uh, Gabby seems to be coming together for him as he found his place. Couldn't have asked for a better start. There were suggestions he might play in the number 10 role. Instead, he, he played wide on the right. He looked lively. He looked super motivated. Uh, look, I think even people who don't like Pulisic will tell you that he works extremely hard. He's almost a little bit nerdy with the seriousness in which he takes his football. He's a great professional uh, and he's adapted. He's not going to get to play on the left much unless Lau plays through the middle, which seemingly won't happen. But, you know, seems to have that understanding with Giroud. Uh, it's a really good start for Mina. They did drop off in the second half a little bit, but, you know, by that point, they were 2-0 up. They don't care. Alexis McAllister had his red card from the weekend overturned. Seem reasonable to you, Rob? Absolutely. Real time. And I watch a lot of games from kind of touchline level where the referees sit and the assistants sit. Real speed, probably looked like a bad tackle. Probably the referee's not going to be overturned by VAR. That's the directive this year. Has to be clear and obviously wrong by the referee. Real time, it looked like a bad foul. When you watch it and they've sat down and gone, yeah, red card's too much of a punishment. So I, yes, they have got it right. I, I agree with you. This directive that like you don't want VAR to step in unless it's really clear and obvious because then, oh, look, we'll overturn it later in the week. In the meantime, the damage right then and there in the game is done Absolutely. because McAllister's off the pitch. Yeah. So for me, I don't know. I, I don't like this directive of like, oh no, don't re-referee or whatever. If you think it's wrong, it's wrong. I mean, I think it was a grey area. I don't think it was a great tackle. It was off the ground and it was on that kind of that borderline. In real time, it did look like a red card to me. But yeah, in this is grey area. Then don't yeah. overturn it. I don't know. Just me. Just me. <laughs> uh, Gab, you've got a piece on Romelu Lukaku out on the website. He's been linked to loan. Well, loan moves everywhere, but Spurs, Roma. Is that more likely than Chelsea biting the bullet and inviting him to come back and? join the squad or he's maybe Saudi a viable option so he's had the Saudi deal on the table table for a long time one thing I want to underscore about the Saudi deal is first of all he's turned it down time and again but it's still there people think that every Saudi club is just flush with cash that's not true there's four that were public the public investment fund uh, have taken an active stake um, and the four center uh, the, the four center forwards at those clubs let me tell you who they are they're Roberto Firmino Alexander Mitrovic Cristiano Ronaldo and Karim Benzema okay so if you're Lukaku it's not like these guys are desperate to get you because they have cover uh, at, at center forward um, the Spurs thing keeps coming on and off I, I don't I think that would be the ultimate troll heel move I don't see that happening Roma, it's been suggested because the Mourinho thing, I don't think Roma have uh, have the funds to do it necessarily unless Chelsea just... But are you going to have to pay his full wage? Uh, Chelsea would have to contribute, I think, a ton of time for, for that to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, maybe the door will reopen. Let's see. 
More Saudi stuff, Rob. It's inevitable. <laughs> Sign of the times. Uh, those reports that Mo Salah re- remains in the league's crosshairs won't go away. His agent, Rami Abbas, says that if he'd wanted to move away from Anfield, he would have gone already. But given that Jurgen Klopp already has Jogo Jota, Darwin Nunez, Luis Diaz, and Cody Gapko, plus I might add Dominic Sobosly, who can easily play in the front mm-hmm. three, played there for a big chunk of his career. Uh, is there a price at which it would actually make sense uh, for Liverpool to say, shukran for your service, Mohammed, um, and go, if he wants to go? You've got the job, by the way, yes. You speak the language. I would think that he is there. He'd be the diamond in the desert. I think he's the one that they really desire, because in that part of the world, you know, he, he is the one. He's the one player that they would like out there. I think at Liverpool, he... You can't say he's the one player they would like out there, because otherwise Cristiano Ronaldo's going to get offended. <laughs> Is Cristiano he's, listening? Is he a yeah. big fan? Does he subscribe? Sorry, Cristiano. He's the one that they want to succeed Cristiano right. as the footballing god that they take over yeah. to Saudi. Uh, he's still got usefulness to Liverpool, but they will, they'll be doing the summers behind the scenes. They'll have the spreadsheet out, whereas most salaries maybe got one more season out of him until he reaches that autumn point of his career, and then Liverpool will probably need to cash in. But I think Liverpool need most salary at the moment more than they need whatever that golden figure is. And I don't think there is a golden figure that the fans would forgive if they let Mo Salah go. He's still selling shirts as well. And he, he is a wonderful player. And he's the brains behind the Liverpool operation. I, I think it would be a different story if he came out and he said, okay, guys, I know I signed a three-year deal, but I also know that it would help you if I moved on. I left a gap there. You're in good hands with Darwin. So much. But Luis Diaz, wonderful player. Jota, wonderful player. Gakpo, maybe one day. Uh, and if there was a way to do this amicably and it was a big enough number... Maybe, but then it should have happened earlier in the window. I, I don't. I, I don't think Salah is going to say. I don't think now, but my gut feeling is, and I've got to be careful because I'm a guest on LFC TV next week. They might ask me the same thing, but I think he's probably got a season left until they reach that kind of plateau where he's got a value in him, and Liverpool will be maybe happy to let him go and say thank you very much, and he gets the massive golden handshake to go over there. But that, that's that's just my theory. But I don't think now he's. Just the time. Yeah, I, I, I do actually think, I know we say agents often like to lie and whatever. Um, I think Rami Abbas is being 100% truthful when he says, Absolutely. if this is what he wanted, yeah. and you're, you're sure he's been approached, right? There's no way he's not been approached. Yeah. I think he would have done this earlier in the window, would have benefited everybody, would have benefited Liverpool as well. Um, so that's my feeling, but I'll tell you what. If I were a Liverpool fan, I'm just counting down to September 20th when the Saudi window closes. I'm going to draw a big sigh of relief. Stranger things have happened. Absolutely. Even more Saudi stuff because we can't get away from it. Uh, reports in local outlets this tension between Nuno Espirito Santo and Karim Benzema at Al Itihad. What's your reading on this one? So, my reading of this, I can't speak to the specific situation. I'm not a Nuno fan, um, but the reports, they appeared in, in, in a Saudi newspaper and it's something to do with the fact that he didn't actually want Benzema. And by the way, with all due respect to Nuno Espirito Santo, I kind of feel like saying like, know your role and shut up because he's Karim Benzema and you're Nuno. Right, so you don't, you're not Sir Alex Ferguson and you decide who you're going to sign. You're the freaking coach. You can thank Uncle George that you're there. And to it, I'm a bit surprised by this. But I think what it speaks to is that this in Saudi Arabia, there is a football culture. There's a football media. It may be a different world, mm-hmm. but this is not a country. This isn't China. This isn't MLS. Mm-hmm. This is a country where people, when it comes to football matters, 
aren't afraid to speak their mind, maybe start a little bit of controversy, yeah. maybe have different opinions. And I think people need to get used to that. They, this is a solid, established football culture uh, at the very least. I think this story reflects it. This is the kind of story you would see, you might see in, in, in Marca or in Mundo Deportivo in Spain, yeah. right? Or, or in the Sun or the Mirror over here, right? Only one winner in that fight though, isn't there? I would assume it's Kareem the Dream. <laughs> Sorry, Jules, I used your catchphrase. Newcastle United have completed the signing of Lewis Hall from Chelsea. It's reportedly a loan with an obligation to buy at 28 million, rising to 35 million. Do you like this deal? Yep, I think it's good for the for the young man who's probably not going to get a game at Chelsea. He's very close to being part of the Chelsea team. He showed great promise. Uh, Newcastle is the place to be. They've made great signings. Um, Loan sounds like like, like a like it's a loan with obligation. To yeah, buy. with an obligation. The thirty-five million is, is, I think, that's a great signing. He's potentially, you know, an, an international player. He's potentially going to be a top-five player as well. He's already shown that, and I think I think the deal is good for everybody. Good for Chelsea as well. He's maybe worth more, but it's pure profit for Chelsea. And then we can I, start talking about amortization and things like that because he's <laughs> if he's come through the system and they're making money rather than he, if they bought him. Interesting though, he's pure profit, but he's pure profit next season and this season of course they won't be judged on financial fair play because they're not uh -huh. in europe who knows if they will be next season but they will be judged on the premier league's financial stability rules i find it interesting that they didn't do this deal now so they could book all the profit now because okay. i think they're still in the hole uh substantially in the hole right mm -hmm. i suspect this has more to do with newcastle than with them and what it says to me is that newcastle for all the money that they have this is a club that's trying to operate within the financial gu guidelines. You and it's something that, that House says all of the time, isn't it? That he, almost every interview, every time they sign somebody, he mentions financial fair play and having to balance I, the budgets. Yeah, and they seem to be like even their shirt, you know, their, their shirt sponsorship, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know what Sela is? No. Okay, so, so Sela, you could say, is a, it's, it's a it's a Saudi company okay. that organizes concerts and stuff like that in, in Saudi Arabia, right? They could have done one of those, oh, look, 100 million non-related party sponsorship. No, they didn't. It's relatively modest. It's like 20 million. It's probably, it's a ton more than it really should be worth because you can argue what business does Sella have advertising shirts in the UK mm -hmm. for concerts that people in the UK can't attend. Mm -hmm. But it's not out of this world. So I think they are trying, they, they are trying to follow these rules mm -hmm. uh, or at least not get punished for them more so than other clubs, which... I think slightly unusual. Okay, Gab. Ivan Tony currently banned from football after admitting to over 200 counts of betting on games. He won't return to the pitch until January, won't return till training until mid-September. He says he feels like he's been punished twice. Once when he was dropped from the England team for the World Cup after the allegations surfaced. And again, when the ban came into effect, he says it's unfair. He can't train with his teammates. He can't continue his career. Have you got any sympathy at all with him? I've got very little sympathy. Mm -hmm. I have very little sympathy for the simple reason that uh, and I invite anybody out there who has sympathy for him to go and actually read the FA's judgment and the written reasons. This is one thing the FA actually that they do really, really well. I'm often critical of them, but when they convene these panels, they have these investigations, these inquiries, they go and they tell you in great detail their thinking, their rationale, why they took the decisions that they had. Um, the reality here is, a big part of it is, he bet on his own team to lose. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that when you do that, they're gonna throw the book at you. The other thing is that throughout the inquiry, he 
admits that he lied to them and then he tells the truth later he lied about uh having an extra burner phone uh that he used to play make effects. he lied about having an additional bank account and by the way the explanation for that was that he says his bank statements were delivered to his parents house and he didn't want his parents to know that he was betting and so he had to go and get an extra bank account well first of all do you have bank statements over to your house? I mean, my mail is all electronic. I was going to say, it's online these yeah, days. Yeah, it's all online. And he's a much younger man than, than uh, we are. And I'm, I'm, I don't. Yeah. But the other thing is, you're a grown man. You're, you're 24, 25 at the time, right? And well, you're worried your parents are going to open your mail? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Uh, just a lot of this stuff. Two of his former teammates uh, from Northampton now also being investigated. It's not a good look. And the other thing is, he, he goes on and on about mental health. And I don't want to trivialize this. Mental health is a very serious thing. Um, and I'm glad that it's finally being taken seriously, right? But he says that he's again, part of his defense and the reason he got an eight month ban rather than the maximum ban would have been a lifetime ban mm-hmm. uh, is that, you know, he had a doctor testify that he was a gambling addict. Now, leaving aside the obvious that gambling addicts tend to gamble on everything, not just stuff that they have inside information of, which is mostly what he did. Mm-hmm. If you're a gambling addict, wouldn't you want to stay away from football when you want to make in the same way that if you're an alcoholic you want to stay out of a bar do you really want him going back to Brentford straight away training with his teammates especially when he's not even playing where he can gather potentially other information that could induce him into to tempt him into betting again if he really is an addict I I, I don't you know I just, none of this stuff follows to me. Yeah, you, you would you would hope that he has learned his lesson, but the noises that he's making don't necessarily sound that he's learned his lesson. He feels that he's a victim rather than somebody that has been caught out yeah. doing wrong. I think everybody in football, everybody that's involved in football, even on our side of the jobs, knows that you cannot bet on football if you're in the industry. We get the team sheets 15 minutes before anybody else in the Premier League. We're not allowed to divulge that information. If we do that, we're out of there. We will never get it again. I won't commentate on it again and again. I will not be invited to an English Premier League game again. So you're in a privileged position. So I would hope that he's learning in, in this time out of the game. Uh, yeah, and on the evidence of this, um, another thing, by the way, he also lied about was that he said, initially he said he was unaware that he wasn't allowed to, 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 to bet on football. And then uh, later he admitted, oh, no, I knew I wasn't allowed. You know, this, this is all, I'm not making this up. This is all in the FA's judgment, mm-hmm. right? I don't see to what degree you can have sympathy for somebody in that. And as far as him not going to the World Cup, when the allegations against the inquiry just started, the allegations hadn't been proven yet. I Can you imagine at that time, you're, you're being formally investigated. What do you expect Gareth Southgate to do? Oh, no, innocent until proven guilty. Southgate doesn't know the extent of the allegations. He doesn't know how bad the situation is. Of course, I, of course he can't take somebody, right? And, and news, we've seen it this week. News reporters go to the World Cup. They're looking for a news line. The Spain women have won the World Cup this weekend. None of the talk is about how well they did. All of the talk a bit is about this stuff Rubiales. that's going on. Rubiales and, and outside there as well. So everybody's always looking for a news line. And that, I'm, I'm with you there. I, that would have been the case had he I, gone. I, I hope he educates himself a little further. I think he's got a lot to give to the game. I don't think he's a, he's a foolish man because he's taken stands on other issues and stuff, which I think are really meaningful and well thought out. But on this specific case... I don't think he, that, that interview helped him at all. Mm-hmm. Aaron Ramsey, no, not that Aaron Ramsey, the other Aaron Ramsey, has joined uh, Burnley from Aston Villa. Rob, because he was on loan outside the Premier League last season, I know very little about him other than the fact that he's Jacob Ramsey's little brother. And 
that when Burnley released the promotional video, you have to see this, Barbie features really, really heavily. I don't know the I don't know if you used to play with dolls as a kid. I don't know the relevance of Barbie to Aaron Ramsey to Burnley. Uh, can you? I got to. This, can this be my confessional? When I saw that, I thought it was Jacob Ramsey. Thought, my goodness, <laughs> they've got him for an absolute bargain because I think he's a great player. I, I know a little about that Aaron Ramsey, uh, but what I do know about Burnley and I know about company and the people behind him is that they're looking for players and they've grabbed a few from Manchester City as well that not quite good enough for Manchester City. And it appears that they've done this from Aston Villa and a player was it Middlesbrough? I think wasn't he last year? Yeah. There's some good signings. Middlesbrough had good intel on players as well who've gone on to better things this season. Uh, when it comes to the Barbie, I've not seen the video. I've heard about it. I've not watched it. I've not seen the film. But it's got me and you talking about Burnley signing effectively a second string player. So, um, yeah, well done to their social media team. It's got us talking about a Burnley signing. Is it safe to say that if Sean Dyche, who I'm assuming is the least Barbie-like um, man in, in the Premier League, if he'd been still around, that we would not have a, a Barbie promotional video, right? Never underestimate Sean Dyche. <laughs> Never underestimate. The channel is inner Ken. He's like a big Ken doll, right? He's an action man, isn't he? He's, yeah. the, he's the original action man with a haircut and everything. Inter reportedly close to sending Joaquin Carrera to Marseille with Alexis Sanchez coming the other way. Gab, do you like this deal? So I like the deal because nobody, no, no Inter fan seems to like Correa. I don't think it's a great deal. I think, seriously, the only person at Inter who seems to like Correa is the manager, Simone Inzaghi. Um, he has his moments, but he's just way too up and down. He's just the guy who's like, oh, look, he's big and strong and he's got the little tricks and stuff. Well, why can't he play well ever, right? Uh, if Inter are getting $13 million for him, which is... You'd only get 13 million if he's a success in Marseille and they take up the option to buy and they actually pay them 13 million. Uh, then it's a good deal because Correa's gone, you got money in return. Signing Alexis Sanchez, he did fine last season, he did okay. Uh, I don't know, I start to worry a little bit when you're, you know, two of your four strikers are 35 and 34, uh, respectively. It's obviously a very short term outlook. Um, all I can say is the lengths that people will go to not to have Lukaku. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> but everything you've just said about Correa just apply to Sanchez. Could you not take every box that you just said there about all of his um, strengths or so-called weaknesses? Wash your mouth out with soap. If you remember good Sanchez, you remember good Sanchez. Uh, no, I commentate a lot of his games at Barcelona. I remember Sanchez in fleeting moments. You remember Sanchez at Arsenal? In fleeting moments. Oh, that's so special. You remember, you remember Sanchez playing the piano? I remember that. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was up there with that the Barbie cool. video. Yeah. <laughs> Sevilla have started their Liga campaign with two defeats and two games. And they've sent Gonzalo Montiel, a World Cup winner, incredible but true. Not just that guy, took a penalty in the World Cup final uh, to Forrest. Rob? Your thoughts? This is a man that can handle pressure. He, he scored the winning goal in the uh, European, uh, the Europa League Cup final mm -hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, I think what they've done, Forrest have signed him for when it comes down to the final game of the season. They get a penalty in the 89th minute. This is the man that has done it in a World Cup final and done it in uh, the Europa League as well. But no, but the man who couldn't crack the starting lineup at Sevilla, who's, who's on the bench behind a guy who's 42 years old. In his Ustavas. It, it depends. Week in, week out. It, it, they play two teams. They played one in Europe, which was effectively their best team in, in, in the back end of the season. And then their La Liga team was weaker. But it, yeah, he's not good enough for Sevilla. But he's a decent player. He's a decent player. And he can handle pressure. And he will bring some ballast to that team as well.
Uh, West Ham United reportedly close to clinching the signing of Mohamed Kudus from Ajax for £45 million. Uh, Gab, is this wise use of the, well, the major Declan Rice money? I think you have to spend that money somewhere. People know that you're sitting on the Declan Rice money. Mm -hmm. uh, until a week ago, they might have thought they might have had some Paqueta money to spend as well. Um, like I, I think Kudus has had his moments. I still think he's 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 raw. I think there's some character issues there, but you know, I suppose I'm guessing he's going to compete with Saeed Ben Rama um, for a spot in the lineup. Um, I'm a Pablo Fornals guy myself, but yeah, uh, a front line of Bowen, Antonio, and Kudus. That's that's relatively forty five million. About right. Twenty two, twenty three years old. Sure, why not? Uh, Armel Belakotchap uh, continues to be linked with Bayern, but is this the right club for him? Why isn't the Premier League come knocking? Why have they? Good question, which, I mean, yeah, yeah maybe something like Liverpool. You, this is my argument. Manchester City have got four, maybe five guys that can play in the central defence for them. If you're a top-level team like Bayern Munich are and you want to be the champions of Europe, yeah, in answer to your question, I think you probably need more than three top-class central ah, defence. You can get a suspension, you can get an hang injury. Hang on a second, yeah. though, right? Those central defenders that Manchester City have, I believe, other than Ruben Diaz, who I think is only plays centre-back, <laughs> Joshua Guardiola can play any position across the back line. Akanji can play any position in the back line, as we found out in midfield. Mm -hmm. Stones can play right back or in midfield. Nathan Ake can play centre-back. What the hell is Dio, Upame Dio Upamecano, Matthijs De Ligt, mm -hmm. um, uh, Kim. Yeah. Bella Kachup, I don't know. He's still very young. Maybe he can play different positions. I don't know. I didn't, didn't, didn't do it last year. It's could be an inverted right, right back. That's all the fashion at the moment. Yeah, but at six foot three, I don't think so. But maybe. But, but those guys, the only position they can play are center back, mm -hmm. maybe bouncer outside the nightclub. But they're, they're not. They're not. I mean, I, like you, you don't want Diodo Pomacano playing wing back. So I don't know that there's that equivalency with City. I don't think applies here. I don't know. I, I don't get the logic other than securing one of the top young players i think he tailed off a little i mean is he do you think he's that good he's, he's, he looked did he just look really good on a really bad team maybe so but he, he's a good backup and then we go back to your previous answer about manchester united when Shaw ended up playing central defender last year because united didn't have enough top class central defenders so the top teams overload in positions he's not going to be somebody coming he's going to be knocking at the manager's door if he's not playing week out with the three guys that you've mentioned there but if one gets suspended one gets injured one has a lot unlikely with those they're going to have a loss of form he's a good guy to have around he's probably going to be a low maintenance man to, to make up the team RMC Sports in France are reporting that when Paris Saint-Germain voted on their captains for the new season Kylian Mbappé finished in fourth place after Makinos, Pereira and Kimpembe anything to read into that no, and I think this is a nothing story, and I'm surprised you brought it up, Rob. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I write the scripts. No, so they made a big deal about this, and supposedly it's supposed to mean, oh, look, Mbappe is not as popular with his teammates. But then if, I, if I'm a Paris Saint-Germain player, who am I going to vote for? Of course I'll vote for Marquinhos. Marquinhos is the natural captain. He's the heir to Thiago mm -hmm. Silva. He's the obvious team cap, club cap uh, of the cup. Kimpembe as well, local guy, came through the ranks, always injured, mm -hmm. but whatever. Danilo Pereira, I'm assuming they really like him and he's a good leader. Uh, I'm also wondering if it's the first team squad that votes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not say uh, a math major, but you must have 22, 23 players voting, right? I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that more than half of them voted for Marquinhos since he's such the obvious choice. Okay. 
I think maybe a couple for Danilo Pereira, one for President Kimpembe. I wonder, did Mbappe vote for himself? I think, isn't he not player president? Can he be not player president <laughs> and player coach as well? I, I think it's all silly because, like, a captain's armband is just a piece of cloth, right? You don't need it to, to be a, a leader. But it is kind of funny that, like, this is a non-story, which they've turned into a story. And I guess it works. We're talking about it. According to the Daily Mail, the PGMOL, which supplies match officials for Premier League games, has published new guidelines for referees that include a ban on fatty foods like uh, those butter bacon buddies that you guys uh, seem to love in this country. Um, your thoughts, Rob? Does it actually do? Are you actually saying that you know what? It really matters what you eat before you go out and referee a game. I'm going to give you a bit of insight now, just because he's retired. So I, I, See, I, I, I thought can... you'd have stories, so I gave you this question. <laughs> and I didn't know you were going to ask me this question at all. Mike Dean, who's now become a TV personality, um, I say he's a good pal of mine, he's an acquaintance of mine. I actually did my refereeing exams many years ago when he was an up-and-coming referee, and he was my examiner. And then he refereed me in Sunday League on Merseyside. So I followed his career. and we, we No conflict of interest there. Yeah. But Mike, the day <clears throat> after a match, would come and play golf because... They are monitored so much in what they eat and how they exercise that four hours on a golf course decomposing after a game the night before actually ticks a box with, with, the, with the referees. He has to actually go on a, run in, a walk in the countryside or a brisk walk or a cycle ride. So, yes, they are. It's not like they do the game and then they don't turn up until Saturday. So, yep, ban on fatty foods like bacons. I'll tell you, I won't name the name of the other referee, but there's another referee in the English Premier League that has been told um, by the PGMOL that he's got to spend less time in the gym because he has been embarrassing the players with the biceps that he's developed. Oh, I said, wait, I don't expect you to tell me. Well, you said it's a referee, not a he's linesman. I'm thinking of the linesman who ran, who was he who ran into? Assistant referee, let's get things right. See, the, the assistant, assistant referee. referee. Yes, they're no longer linesman. The assistant referee. Line and last year, was it against Liverpool? Mm -hmm. That he ran into, do you remember what I'm talking about? I remember the, yeah, the story, yeah. Who, who was it who he ran into? Oh, I can't remember was it, was it, Andy, it was Andy Robertson? It was, was it Constantine? And I can't remember who said his last name. Yeah, but it was Andy Robertson. He like, yep, yep. that guy looks like a professional wrestler. Yep. Like, that is one serious dude. If he ever becomes, like, a referee, he's not somebody you want to... I mean, there's got to be a level of... Since you were a referee, too. Like, there's got to be a level of... I was never a referee. I just sat the, sat the examinations okay. and the laws of the game, so I understood why they were making decisions. After six weeks, I came away and completely bamboozled me. But, I mean, and, and, and they had a vote amongst the referees, and 50 went one way, 50% went the other way as well. So <laughs> they, are, they are. But yeah, no, there is, I won't name his name, but there is, is, is a, a, an up-and-coming young referee who's at the top level of the game that is built like a rugby union player. MSP, capital, who were reportedly going to acquire a 25% stake in Everton have pulled out. Instead, they're going to loan the club 100 million. How big a deal is this gap? Um... I think it is significant because there's a big difference when you put money into a club in terms of equity, mm -hmm. which means that if you acquire 25%, you know, you're not the majority. Obviously, we all know about Everton's financial situation. Um, you're not in the majority, but you have skin in the game, as they say, going forward, right? Uh, the loan will probably come to strings attached and, and, and loans and, 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 and repayment terms and so on. Um, I think it just kind of underscores that without knowing the exact details of, of the terms of it, it seems obvious to me that Everton would have been better off if these guys had acquired the equity stake instead and Everton fans would have been better off. Um, as it stands, I think it just speaks to how 
The club's not in a great place right now financially, and despite all the excitement of the new stadium, uh, when it does open and then moving the needle have an impact, that's a good thing. There's still serious questions about the ownership, and of course, they're still under investigation by the uh, by the Premier League. Big style, um, yeah, over violating financial sustainability rules. I was up with a, an, an Everton, somebody inside Everton recently, and they were saying the fans just don't appreciate the implications of the club at the moment. They can't pay their wages, they can't go out, and they, they can't afford a transfer fee for a player, but they need players, don't they? What else did Bill Kenwright say? <laughs> it certainly <laughs> wasn't Bill Kenwright, I'll tell you that. Pep Guardiola underwent emergency back surgery and will be out until after the international break. That's okay, though. Juan Malillo's got this, right? Um, experienced coach, trusty lieutenant of the next games. Is it Fulham and Sheffield United? And then they've got an international break. So if you're going to have a back operation, head off to Barcelona. They probably looked at the diary and gone, what is the best little kind of window in the diary to do this? And Leo's, I think, I'm, I think he's had 17 different jobs as manager or assistant manager as well along the way. So, yeah, it's a safe pair of hands. It's weird. So according to Wikipedia, his managerial career started in 1981. Mm-hmm. 30 years of age, I think he was, wasn't he? 16 according to wikipedia yeah um i i mean not many managerial careers span 42 years he's been a number one he's been a number two everybody knows a story about how like when he was in mexico at dorados like that's when that's when pep went out there to to, 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 to sinaloa and you know had like the light bulb went off about him wanting to become a manager thanks to leo he's done it the last three of the last four years um i think he'll be okay I think it'll be just He'll fine. have headphones on. Pep will be there still pulling the strings, won't he? Yeah, you assume so. Uh, by Leverkusen, Sedar Asmun is on the market. Both Milan and Roma are expressing an interest. Your thoughts, Gab? So basically what happens, and this hap- is an agent will get the, uh, or an intermediary will get the mandate to sell a player in a certain market and whoever has the, um, the mandate to place him in Italy has talked to Milan and Roma and they're hoping somebody else is like, oh, look, I think Asmund's a good player. I don't think he's uh, a Chabi Alonso type player. I think the the, the arrival of, of Boniface doesn't really help him uh, either. Um, I think Milan could probably use somebody else. I There's been talk of Chukweze. You know, Zev Giroud. And then there's been talk about play out through the middle. There's been talk. I know Chukweze can play wide or in the middle. I mean, you commentated on him a lot last season. Where do you see him more? Wide or through the middle? Oh, definitely wide. I, I would have thought so wide. too, right? Yeah. Um, so I think they could use another body. Um, I think they'd like somebody to come and take Divock Origi away because very nice guy, just hasn't really performed. You know, I, I was speaking to somebody like, why can't the Saudis, you know? He'd be perfect <laughs> over there, wouldn't he? Everybody loves him, but nobody He'd wants fit him. in. Um, uh, so I guess Asmoon being bigger and stronger. I think they're also going to wait out and see what happens with uh, Ekitika, who we mentioned before. Uh, if um, if Paris Saint-Germain say, sign Randall, call him Mwani, presumably they'll want to shift Ekitika. But amazing, Milan have made 11 signings um, this summer and they're not done yet. Malaga fans are on the warpath, Rob. What's their beef and how do they make their feelings known? Uh, they've got a problem. They've dipped down to the third tier of Spanish football. They're not making any signings. They're using their imagination. So a bunch of the fans headed down with a camcorder uh, to the airport and grabbed the first guy that came into Malaga Airport that looked like a professional footballer. I believe he was a Japanese tourist. He had no idea what was going on, but they surrounded him like they'd spent £30 million on a top-class international. They even had a security 
security guy there dressed in black with the reversible shades on there, <laughs> keeping the fans at arm's length. They gave him a shirt, he signed it. He had no idea, he played the part, but I'm sure he's signing autographs everywhere this week in Porto Benus and wherever that, he goes. That's absolutely brilliant. By the way, for those who don't know, this whole thing of fans showing up at the airport to greet new, new arrivals, not something you do in this country, but... Oh, they uh, do. <laughs> In Italy, in Spain, in Turkey, in Greece, it is a major, major phenomenon. In Germany as well, because Harry Kane has just arrived in Munich, but he's already snubbed one of the club's great traditions. What would that be, Gap? So this is the tradition whereby Bayern Munich, because you know, this is German humor, <laughs> bear with me, right? Yeah. They've got the tradition of the Oktoberfest and and Lederhosen. They all get fitted for, for Lederhosen, which mm -hmm. for those who don't know, those little kind of suede leather shorts that are part of their traditional dress. And they take a team photo in the Lederhosen. This is very serious. I remember Carl Ancelotti talking to me about how he did not really ungrateful, shameful act for the club, <laughs> decided to say, dang, kind Lederhosen for me. He's like, I'm going home. And his excuse is, it's the birth of his fourth child. When he already has three of them at home. Come on, Harry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think it's, I think it's fine. It's totally fine. For those, yeah, I'm being sarcastic about this. But I think they could always do it at a later date. Can't have you ever worn Lederhosen? Uh, no, that is a joy that I have yet to behold. All right. Give it time, Rob. Rob, thank you so much for filling uh, in. Uh, I was going to say Jules's big boots, but he's got little tiny feet, of course, because he's a It's his personality person. that fills the studio. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much. Um, we're going to be back on Monday with Jules. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself.